Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Amen. What is your God story? What is the story that you hold in your heart about a moment you felt God's presence deeply or heard God's voice clearly? What is your God story? Every Sunday when we come here to this place, we are hearing ancient God stories. When the scripture is read, that's someone's God story. When the hymn is sung or the psalm is chanted, those are God stories. When we join together in the Eucharistic prayer, that is our collective God story. It is the story of how we have come to know and understand God, who God is, who God came to be for us, how Jesus died and was resurrected in our response to that resurrection in the continuing of the breaking of the bread and the prayers, that is a God story. All of this every Sunday is us hearing God stories. But have you ever been asked to tell your God story? As Episcopalians, being asked to tell our personal God story might feel intrusive or even frightening. Perhaps the telling of God stories has become difficult because people have used personal testimony and witness for their own agenda. The idea of evangelism through sharing stories has been, I am afraid, appropriated by our culture too often to manipulate people or gain followers for an institution and not Jesus. And so it seems some traditions have made it taboo to speak of our personal experience with God. We have in some ways begun to question or be suspicious of people who want to share their God stories. If you don't believe me, Ask someone the next time you're out for coffee or at a dinner party. Try asking someone to tell you their God story and just read their body language. So would you like another cup of coffee? And oh, by the way, tell me your God story. Awkward. We have, in place of personal God stories, come to rely only on the ancient God stories. The problem with this is that in that particular silence, it can seem as if God has ceased speaking to us here and now. When Mary and Joseph take their baby Jesus to temple, they are in many ways simply following ancient law, honoring their tradition to bring their firstborn son to present before the Lord. This is what God commanded. And being faithful Jews, they follow the law. 
Even after Mary and Joseph have both had such direct and intense experiences with God, they did not expect this moment in the temple. As they are presenting their child, Simeon, a leader in the community, upon seeing their child and holding him in his arms, proclaims, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples. Simeon has a flash of the Spirit, a direct experience of God working in that exact moment. God, not a far off and distant reality, but God right there in his arms. That was for Simeon a God story. For Simeon, God in that moment became very real and known to him. God was moving and working in his and their lives right there and then. From our point of view 2,000 years later, we may assume that for Simeon to proclaim this God story was a customary action or that it was acceptable for him to do so or even expected by those around him. However, the story goes that Mary and Joseph were amazed at what was being said about their child. Even after the revelations they have received, this new revelation amazes them. Simeon goes on to say, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many. And to Mary, Simeon says, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon is prophesying. Simeon is telling his God story. This past week, Mickey, Naomi, and I attended a conference about Christian formation with 1,200 Episcopalians. Yes, 1,200 Episcopalians all in one place, all thinking about how to form ourselves and others to be Christians in this world. On the main stage for the opening evening was the presiding Bishop Michael Curry, the Bishop Reverend William Barber, and Dean of Episcopal Divinity School, Reverend Kelly Brown Douglas. That stage... Those voices being centered in our church is an evolution of our church, thanks be to the Holy Spirit. The conference was called Rooted in Jesus, and much of it was focused on how we as the Episcopal Church root ourselves in the life-giving, liberating love of Jesus. During a question and answer with these leaders, Reverend Kelly Brown Douglas said, the most powerful tool we have as Christians is our God stories. She didn't say it was our bishops or our clergy or our budgets. She said it is our God stories that matter most to forming Christian faith. How would our faith tradition have changed if when Simeon received the word from God, he had not spoken it? How would it be different if Simeon had second-guessed 
the word he received or minimized it or questioned his authority to share it? How did it change history forever that Simeon foretold, blessed, and warned this holy family of what he saw and what was to come? Simeon had a prophecy to pronounce, he had a God story to tell, and he did it. And because of that, Mary had a glimpse. She was warned to prepare herself for heartbreak, and a sword will pierce your soul. Simeon warned her, there is pain coming, not just to you, but many here will be uncovered, their inner thoughts being revealed for better or worse. The truth, Simeon claimed, will be fully known. I wonder if we think that God has stopped calling people to prophetic moments Do we really trust and see that God is alive in our world today and has something to say? The essential work and nature of a prophet, according to Reverend William Barber, is to speak to the present moment with divine authority and to transform the historical revelation into contemporary dynamic reality contemporary and dynamic. Reverend Barber is telling his God story. He told us this past week, the 1,200 Episcopalians gathered to listen to the God stories of our leaders. He told us the sin of our church is that we try to worship God without consciousness. He said this is the only way we can explain the brokenness in the world, the separation of families at the border, the lack of basic resources for so many when we are the richest nation, the elevation of the rights of a few at the expense of many. The worship of God without consciousness is the only way to explain how Christians are the largest religious community and yet People still go unfed and uncared for right on our doorstep. Simeon told his God story. Anna told her God story. Reverend Barber is telling his God story. Sojourner Truth told her God story. Rosa Parks told her God story. Dorothy Day told her God story. Greta Thunberg is telling her God story. So many are sharing the prophetic word God has placed within their consciousness at risk of being unpopular, uncomfortable, or even unsafe. Because either we will worship in a museum dedicated to the life of a God past, or we are witnesses to God's present work in the world around us. And if we are witnesses to God's present work in the world around us, in fact, within our very beings, which is to be conscious, then it is imperative that we tell the story of that work, which is our God story, which is our worship, which is transforming the historical revelation of God into the contemporary 
dynamic, alive reality of God in relationship with humans here and now. To not do so is to worship without consciousness. To not do so as Sojourner Truth asked of Frederick Douglass when it seemed he was turning away, burning out, and becoming silent in the face of the struggle for justice. She asked him, is God dead? And she had those very words placed on her tombstone so as to ask us here and now, Do we hear God alive in the world around us, or in fact, is God dead? Yesterday, we celebrated the life of one among us who did well to worship with consciousness in the way he lived. Yesterday, we celebrated the life of Jones Bird. Jones spent his life telling his God story but also advocating for the poor and the marginalized to tell their God stories in order to receive justice. Over 500 people gathered here to witness to the way Jones's God story shaped their life, formed them to be who they were, and directed them on how to act in accordance with a moral and conscious life. As we left the space, each person lit a candle and we walked out, candles aglow, singing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. All of us who mourned Jones's death left with a rekindled light, a light from the witness of Jones's God story. Today marks the church's celebration of what is called Candle Mass. In the church, we celebrate Candle Mass on the presentation of the Lord at the temple and Mary's purification and re-entry into community. This is the day that the church is to bless the candles that will be used throughout the year. It's traditional to light a candle in your window this night, February 2nd. The light reminds us that we have the light of Christ to guide us through the remaining dark nights of winter. Along with the light of the candle, we as a community, as a church, have the ancient and the present-day God stories to light our way. This light is the fruit of prophetic words, of the transforming of historical revelation into contemporary dynamic reality. It lights the fire that guides us through the darkness. And this is why we are called now to share our God stories, because God is still speaking. God is not dead. God is alive here and now. God's work in this world is still present, and God is still calling us into that work. And there are prophets among us. When we listen, we can hear them speaking their God stories. But if we are to move out of the museum dedicated to God's past and into a contemporary, dynamic, present-day revelation, we too must learn and yearn to share our God stories. So what is your God story? What is it 
calling you to do and be in this world, and how will you tell it? As we move from this place on the Feast of Candlemas, light a candle this evening and place it in your window. Let your light shine. And let's pray for each other that we gain the clarity and the courage to share deeply and widely the stories of God's movement in this present-day reality in our lives, too, because we have some winter left to wander through. Some long nights are ahead, and long winter nights are perfect for storytelling. So tell your God story whenever you can. The world desperately needs to hear it. Amen.